0: hey guys fight junkie here again i just wanted to touch on the uh, espn card that golden boy put on for friday night fights the main event we saw andrew Cancio and dardan zinuan go at it and i apologize in advance if i butcher names that's going to be a common theme throughout this podcast series so again apologize in advance just bear with me but um that was an interesting main event. Andrew came out really fast, throwing a lot of punches. And even Joel Diaz had mentioned he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to keep doing that the entire fight. And eventually, by like the fourth, fifth, sixth round, you really saw him starting to slow down. But in the beginning, he was hammering, hammering Darden, man. I mean, just over and over. with. We're not talking one or two shots. This is three, four, five-punch combinations. And Darden just walked through absolutely everything. Didn't even take a step back the entire night. And then, as Hoel predicted, um, Andrew started to slow down. And I thought the fight got closer and closer and more competitive through the middle rounds and then the late rounds. Now, Darden didn't really land a whole lot to say like he was, you know, dominating those rounds. But from the early rounds to the middle rounds to the late rounds, you could see Andrew did lose something. And Darden just kept that pressure on over and over in your face, in your face, pushing, pushing, pushing. And he certainly made the fight closer. Well, and that's everybody's eyes but two of the judges. So there was a group of hardcore guys who were watching the fights and were on social media and Twitter and we're talking back and forth and all of us have the same opinion. Uh, Andrew started out brilliantly, still won the fight even though Darden came on late. But the fight was competitive and ended up being close. Well, one judge saw it that way, 96-94. That's perfectly fine. That's what I would think most people saw it as, is a 96-94. Maybe 97-93 type of fight. But two of the blind mice had it 99-91. There is no possible way, if you watch that fight, not asleep, have two eyes, can see that that fight was a 99-91 score. It's impossible. I mean, this drives me crazy with boxing. And it's happening in MMA. It's been for a while now. But you get inept or corrupt judges. Call it either way you want. I don't really care. But the fact of the matter is they shouldn't be judging. In a fight like this, it was very clear to see how the fight was going and how it should be scored. To give Darden no credit for all the work he did when Andrew was obviously slowing down is absolutely ridiculous. Sometimes I think these judges have their cards filled out before they even sit down. Because we see this time and time and time again where these scores do not match up. With 90% of the people who are watching it, and these aren't casual fans, man. I'm talking about hardcore guys that I know that have been around the sport for as long as I have, or even longer, are going. Uh, how did that happen? That's a problem, and it's continued to be a problem. And I'll tell you a little story. Uh, when MMA was, you know, first coming around and getting popular, and people didn't take noticed that these commissions like Nevada State Athletic Commission or California State Athletic Commission they're using boxing judges for these MMA fights and then I started you know, on social media tweeting and warning people, listen guys I've been around boxing for a long time, you know everybody's, the big joke is boxing so corrupt and who's the A side B side and all this stuff you guys are going to get the exact same thing in your sport If you allow the same corrupt individuals to oversee it, and you put the same corrupt people to judge it, and what do you have? More and more MMA fights that are getting ridiculous scoring over and over again, regardless of where it's at. It doesn't matter if it's California. It doesn't matter if it's Nevada. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's East Coast, West Coast, Midwest, because you are using the same type of people that can't score a fight to save their lives in boxing and put them in MMA. What did you think was going to happen? So that's going to be a more prevalent problem in MMA going forward that people are going to complain And they're going to whine and they're going to cry, just like all the boxing fans have for how long. And what happens? Nothing happens. Nothing changes. These two judges that scored at 99-91, at a bare minimum, should be brought in in front of the commission and said, Explain to me how you possibly scored this 99-91. They shouldn't be working main event fights, I can tell you that much. Even if they somehow came to a conclusion of 99-91, their asses should be back in four round fights. And if you can't score a four-round fight, then you need to go back and score amateur fights. I mean, something has to happen here. But as boxing fans, you know, we'll whine and we'll cry, but we've just been, you know, we've been conditioned to become used to it. Like, oh, that's boxing. Oh, that's, you know, pretty soon it's going to be, oh, that's MMA. You know, I should never even know a judge's name, to be honest with you. Like when certain judges—and I won't call them out by name—certain judges are announced that scoring a fight, you'll have people go, "Oh no! Like, oh God! I hope it doesn't go to." That's ridiculous. There's a problem when that happens. So, obviously, I like to see good fights, but we need good officials. That's not just judges. That's referees. That's—I mean—you've had timekeepers screw up. I mean. There's a million things that go wrong. But these three judges, they need to do their job, and they need to do it consistently. Now, it is subjective, but not 99-91 and then 96-94. We see that far too often where you don't have a couple rounds here and there, or if it's a really close fight and it's a couple rounds, and you can make a case. I think most people are genuinely decent people that will try to say, okay, yeah, I could see how it was that way, or I could see how it was this way. But when you get these just outrageous, lopsided, unbelievable scores, and then these judges just get away with it and come back the next time and the next time and the next time with no repercussions. If you or I did that in a 9-to-5 job, we were so inept or corrupt that we could not we could not do our job effectively. We would be out of there. It's amazing to me that this sport, and MMA as well, is so protected that people can consistently produce garbage day in and day out, and not only keep their job, still get paid to do their job, but basically get promoted by covering bigger and better fights. It's absurd. Oh, I could go on about this all day. Maybe that'll be a separate episode. If you guys, are, if you guys want to discuss this, or want me to go in in depth on this, it just it drives me crazy because unless you've been in a ring, unless you've sacrificed and uh, sacrificed for your family, uh, making weight, you know your diet, all the training, all these things that these guys go through, while well, you got three people that are apparently blind sitting there and can take it all away with the swipe of a pen. Because either they're not paying attention, they got some agenda. I don't know. They're just totally garbage at their job. Whatever the case is, these guys are blood, sweat, and tears, man. So you need to you need to be awake and pay attention and do your job right if that's if that's what you want to do as a career. And they just either they don't take it seriously or they just don't care because nothing ever happens to them. So obviously, I don't think my little podcast here is going to change that. But it is important to just point it out. You know, both of those guys fought well and and spots. And both of those guys tried to do the best they can. And it was a close fight. Andrew definitely won the fight. Don't get me wrong. The right guy won. But that's another argument I hate. Don't tell me the right guy wrong. the The right guy won. And excuse the errors of the judges. You can't do that. You can say the right guy won, but... You always have to shed light on these these type of people and decisions and wrongdoings because if we don't do it, who's gonna do it? So somebody has to hold these people accountable. So maybe five people here, that's ten people, twenty, a hundred people, whatever. But you just keep an eye out, you hear these same names over and over and over, and then you know it becomes obvious that something ain't right. So let's move on past that and go to the main event. That was uh, Greg vendetti against yoshihira kamagai now kamagai coming in he's a he's an old vet man this guy is, he's 35 years old but he's been in with some names But he was a minus 600 favorite, meaning you would have to bet $600 to win $100 if you bet on him. Vendetti was coming back at plus $400, meaning if you bet $100 on him, you would get $400. And that always means plus your original bet back. So if I bet on Vendetti at plus $400, and he won, I would get $400 plus my original $100 bet back. Now, uh, Kamagai, it would be if I bet $600. And he won, I would get my original bet of 600 back, plus the bonus of $100. So that's how it works with the odds, in case you didn't know. But a guy coming in at six to one that that's actually pretty shocking because if anybody has watched him, he isn't the most skilled fighter in the world. I mean he's tough as nails and he just basically walks straight forward. And when I say walk straight forward, I mean that like in a straight line. like he literally just is like walking through the park just eating punches left and right, uppercut. It doesn't matter. He just eats them over and over and over and over. And so tonight he was doing the same thing. And it doesn't matter if it's MMA. It doesn't matter if it's boxing, kickboxing, any combat sport like that, the idea that you can just keep on taking and taking and taking and produce is asinine. You can't do it. I don't care who you are. I mean, you, you've got to have some type of way to defend yourself and not take these flushes, these punches so flush. And he takes them flush. I mean, right to the face, full on. You know, some fighters have sneaky little rolls they do or slip here or bobbing and weaving. Come, a guy just takes it. And so this was pretty much the same thing that goes on in his career. Like, if he can't get you out of there, he's going to lose. And... It's surprising he couldn't get him out of there. He kept walking forward, and just eight punches, and it was a ten-round fight, and he never got to Vendetti. And at the end, Vendetti had built up a big enough lead that he took a pretty wide decision. We had scores of 97-93 and 98-92 twice, and that was a right score. See, here's here's a fight where the judges got it right guy was coming in as the favorite. Now, to a judge, that shouldn't ever matter. But we know that's not the case. So, I guess in this fight, he's the A-side, right? Who's heard of Greg Vendetti? Nobody. So, you think, oh, you know, what's going on? Could this possibly be some shenanigans when we go to the cards? Greg easily won, but, right, but, back to the boxing, but, but no, they got it right. Did what he was supposed to do, and it was a big upset. Trust me, when a six to one favorite loses like that, that's a big upset. I mean, in boxing, sometimes you get, you know, odds up there, three thousand, four thousand, sometimes five thousand. I've seen ten thousand lines. It's ridiculous. You don't usually see that in MMA too much. That's a big difference between boxing and MMA. But obviously, the books thought Kamagai was just going to outclass him. They, they just felt that, you know, he had fought the better people. And even though he has defensive liabilities, he was just, you know, on another level from Greg. And that didn't turn out that way. And the reason I touched on it is not only was it an uh, upset, but Juan Diaz, who was uh, doing the commentary for the ESPN fight, brought up an interesting point. They were going back and forth about um, strength and condi- conditioning. And, you know, the new age versus the old age of training. And obviously in MMA this is very common. Like I don't know very many people that don't do some type of the quote unquote you know new age strength and conditioning, hitting tires and pulling rubber bands and this kind of thing, and uh, counting calories and body fat analysis and all this other stuff. Versus boxing, which has you know mixed and people do do that. But then Hoel's idea was he doesn't do that with his fighters. He's not a strength and conditioning person. He he believes that fighters get their strength and conditioning through their actions and i do understand where he's come from because it's basically like um, you know you get your conditioning from sparring you get your conditioning from running you get your conditioning from hitting the back these type of things that are practical applications to what you're doing so in mma like you see him hitting a big old ass tire with a sledgehammer now I guess it could have some practical application to, like, ground and pound. But they actually have the dummies that they throw down on the mat and ground and pound it. So you could say, why, why are you hitting a giant tire? And there's in the whole, you know, well, it does this for this muscle, and it produces this, and all this. That's the whole argument back and forth. But I thought it was interesting because throughout the fight, he had said that come a guy, I believe, is 35 years old. And he was just saying, like, at this stage of the game... to to add this uh, strength and conditioning routine he believed was wrong. And he thought that it had taken a little bit too much out of what Kamagai has left as far as physically. And he had said during the fight that he thought Kamagai was not, you know, not so much like slowing down, but just didn't have that oomph. So wasn't sure if we're at the stage of Kamagai being totally shot, which to me, I'm leaning more towards that versus maybe he overtrained or did some type of training he wasn't used to like strength and conditioning style that kind of wiped him out during the fight so he already came in diminished and then you know he's not a very smooth guy anyway so it's just kind of like a domino effect But having watched Kamagai over his last few fights, I think he's more on the downside. I don't think the strength and conditioning probably put him over that made him like, you know, I've lost all my power and I can't get to the guy. My feet are slow. He had all these problems before. So I think it's probably just the case of him getting punched in the face too much over the course of many fights. And then sometimes he puts on action fights, and he usually does because he's very entertaining. You know, people like seeing people get hit, and he always comes forward. But as far as his career goes, how long can you do that? He's 27-5 now, and he's got 24 KOs. But trust me, even in his wins, man, he takes a beating. This guy does not have easy fights. So I just thought that was something interesting for maybe we'll discuss some future podcasts about, you know, the new style training versus old style training and that MMA style training. And a whole, we can get into a whole bunch of stuff like the weight cutting issues that are going on. And like, I enjoy MMA, but it still seems like it's a baby to me. Like, a lot of the things they do in MMA, even from a coaching standpoint point in my opinion is totally wrong and i won't jump into how terrible i think most of the coaches are and you can say that in boxing too but i think the worst boxing trainers are better than a lot of the mma trainers and i don't mean that as disrespectful it's just there's more to it than throwing a towel over your shoulder and then you've got um different aspects of a training aspect versus a coaching aspect meaning during the fight giving advice you know some of the advice I've seen is just absolutely ridiculous like I can't believe I've actually tweeted this before I can't believe that fighters pay for that you know you're paying somebody to tell you go kick his ass I mean seriously that's just that's ridiculous but that's another topic for another day but i just want to touch on this real quick trying to push out some content like i said this isn't a job for me it's really easy i enjoy talking to you guys i enjoy talking about it i enjoy hearing from you i enjoy conversating with you so make sure you guys follow us on social media hit me up anytime anywhere i try to always get back to you guys but i just wanted to you know give a little uh, tidbit here a post fight on the golden boy card i thought it was a good card for the the co main in the main and it definitely delivered it didn't look like it there were many people there which is kind of sad because these type of fights are what feed boxers man i mean not everybody's mayweather and you know connor mcgregor coming over with super fights or pacquiao or these type of guys yeah you know, these type of guys are fighting at sams town here in vegas that's a local casino and You know, fighting their heart out and training just like, you know, Mayweather and the big dogs do. They just don't get the recognition from the media and from the fans. And I get it. You know, it's hard to be a hardcore fan in this day and age. You got a lot of weight classes. You got a lot of belts. You got a lot of fighters. You may not know them. You know, you don't know them until they're out in the public eye. But I just wanted to give them their due They did what they had to do. It was an entertaining card. Golden Boy put on a good card. And I just want to uh, let you guys know my thoughts on it. So that's about it. I will talk to you guys later. Peace.